0: In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about an array of sharpies, slapping a bitch, mmm, pretzels, and six healthy relationships, and one that isn't. In our discussion of six times we almost kissed, and one time we did, by Tess Sharp. everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda, and I'm in my new room, and look how pretty it is if you're watching the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sign up to
1: our Patreon just to see Amanda in her new room. There's yes, lots please. of books. It's delightful. You'll spend yeah. ages looking at it.
2: Yeah. Anywho, I'm
1: Claire, and I'm in my <sighs> old room. And today we're going to discuss six times we almost kissed and one time we did by Tess Sharp.
0: Standard disclaimer, if you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book, then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Yay! Oh,
1: Right I think we need to just dive straight into this one I think there's going to be a few angsty things to talk about
0: Yeah, definitely And, I mean, this is a special episode Because we have a guest later
1: Well, exactly And you know those always last longer than the problem should They do,
0: we always talk forever It's
1: not my fault that everybody likes talking to us It's true It's our fault, equally <laughs> Give me some gaff ground information
0: Alright, so I read an article On publishersweekly.com And it was All about This book I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I don't Sometimes true, I find true. other weird things But this one was all about This book, and there was Part of a question that I've pulled out And I don't know, I just kind of I'm, I'm feeling ways lately about things mm. because there's a bunch of nonsense Stuff. happening in my state right now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling ways. So I pulled this bit just because I feel like it needs to be said. You make it clear that your intention is for readers to feel safe within your books. How do you go about creating safe spaces for readers? And Tess's response is, it's such a ride. I feel so much responsibility as a YA writer because my life was saved by the YA book Speak by Laurie Halse Anderson. I take my job really seriously because I know the transformative power of fiction. I think that having a comprehensive list of content warnings is really important. And I learned from fanfiction how to detail my content warnings, cover as much as possible, and widen my idea of what triggers could be. My triggers might not be someone else's. My triggers or someone else's triggers might seem benign or silly, but they're important to someone. Because books are important. Even if they're fiction, they're important. And people mm-hmm. can connect with them. And people can find, like salvation in books, so please stop banning them.
1: <laughs> it's so frustrating.
0: It's very frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. And I don't want to talk about it so much right now, but as a librarian, my heart hurts right now. And that's big for me to say, it's very emotional. But, my God, things are terrible right now. And I don't think they're going to get any better.
1: <sighs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to pretend, because ever since at least 2016, everything seems to be going to shit. Yeah. And we need some serious... We need... <laughs> We need a serious revolution. We do. Viva la revolution.
0: We we need for that to happen. And I would love if it was all like just glittery drag queens and drag kings and just just gloriousness everywhere. And it's just so much positivity that the other half can't even handle it anymore. Cause it it's, wouldn't be anything negative, cause it couldn't be. It can't be. This, I mean,
1: you know, my, my thoughts and feelings are there are only one set of people in dresses that are genuinely speaking bad people, and they are not drag queens. <sighs> right. I think we're going to get into a very big political. We thought, are, and, and we don't need to from do our that. Private conversations that I can go on and on and yep. on and on yep. and given what's going on and your personal the we are being personally attacked i think um it this could turn into a soapbox episode so it could let's so go let's go into initial thoughts so yes yes six times we almost kissed how much time we did?
0: so <laughs> i just want to let everyone know that we have been talking about this book with publicist cheryl Liu since August of last year. So I want to give her a huge shout out for all of her hard work, helping us get this book way before it came out, getting connected to Tess Sharp and everything that she's done. She's fantastic. So way to go, Cheryl. Thank you for your help. And always send us more books because we'll take them.
1: Definitely. I have seen this book freaking everywhere (laughs) it's been everywhere and it's not just i mean even though it is a YA book it's not just in the YA section it is being pushed and it's it's cool it's very cool that's a lot of hard work (laughs) it is and you know when there's this type of situation where we had visibility of the book beforehand, and we know it's going to come up in our schedule every single time to the point of becoming annoying. I'm going, That's a fictional
0: hangover book. Yeah, we know, we, we're going to do that one. We're going to talk about that one.
1: It's just every it time. Is. It's like, it's Oh, coming. it's one of our books in the wild. It's like, Yeah, we've just discussed it. We haven't written it, but we've discussed it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel very important all the time. <laughs> not just about <laughs> books just just in general myself <laughs> i feel very important <laughs> oh
1: my confidence has waned somewhat in the past few years but yeah okay i'll take that <laughs> it's
0: fine claire it's fine let's oh, get started good. yes please this, this book is very serious yeah and like this is i guess another initial thought sorry everyone um the front the, the front cover of it, which I don't have a, a physical copy here. Um my copy is at the library, actually. But um it looks like a cutesy rom-com and like there's just different little poses of different little cutesy girls and Oh no, you know, that's there's... your
1: cover. My cover is different.
0: Well, anyway, you need to describe your cover, but that's the cover of mine and yeah, cutesy stuff happens, but oh my gosh, it's so heavy, and there's mm-hmm. so much important stuff that happens, and there's like there's PTSD, and there's a parent dying on page. It's
2: negligence rough. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: there's
1: a lot. There's lots of trauma. I mean, to be fair, this is probably a trigger warning that we do talk about negligence, um, death, parental death. Um, transplant surgery, lots of mental issues. Not yes. To, but as usual, we don't go into gratuitous detail.
0: Right. We just go into gratuitous detail about other non. Only when the murders
1: take place.
0: <laughs> it's there's no murder in this one. So my cover
1: is just blue, and then mm-hmm. you have Tate and you have Lottie with their backs to each other, but then the kind of like gently almost holding hands. So you know at the moment if you go on Twitter there's this whole thing about the Regency hand grasp which you, they always put the Pride and Prejudice um, gifts in and everybody's like oh my god I just need somebody to almost hold my hand. It's that. But with, oh, Lottie, with, with with Penny and Dirt it. That's precious. It's very cute. It's very cute. But it's not like the American cover which I've looked at which is all like Polaroids and snapshots. from.
0: Yeah and they're just they're just tiny and they're little cutie and yeah.
1: Yeah. I think my cover is probably more reflective of the content because it doesn't really give it that cutesy wootsy feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yours is more wistful ennui. Wistful, yes. Wistful ennui. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, let's get started.
1: Everything's wistful ennui lately. so far.
0: It is. <laughs> Penny gets a text from her mom, Lottie alerting her to a family meeting at 6 o'clock that night, followed by another asking her to pick Tate up from the pool because Anna, Tate's mom, wasn't feeling well and already went home with Lottie. This can't be a good thing, so Penny's anxiety spikes. Anna and Lottie are best friends. They're closer than any sisters could be. They're ride or die. Will her grand, Marion, be there too? Did her mom find out about her kayaking? No, it would be end-of-the-world stuff if that was the case. Does Tate need an intervention? No, Tate's perfect. Could Anna's cancer be worse? There's nothing for it. She needs to collect Tate and get home.
1: On the drive, Penny stresses about the meeting and asks Tate where her truck is since she needs a lift, and Tate confesses that she sold her truck to help pay for her mom's medical bills. Tate then needles Penny to distraction about her Sharpie obsession, bullet journals, and craft projects. At least it takes Penny's mind off the family meeting until they get inside. But the moms don't want to talk until after dinner.
0: Ah, <sighs> we're no, insane. No, let's keep talking about Sharpies. Talk now, tackles later. Jeez. Penny pushes and pushes. So Lottie reveals that she is going to be a living donor for Anna and will give her part of her liver. They're gonna have to stay in Sacramento while they recover and so they'll be combining households to help save money. The surgery is soon, so they'll be heading to Sacramento in a few days. Tate is ridiculously happy because her mom's gonna get better, yay! Penny can't process it thinking she might lose her mom, which I would I would say lose her mom again, but her mom's been gone for a long time. So maybe we'll just lose her all together. But that would be bad because, you know, then she wouldn't have any parents left. Okay, sorry. Tate tells, Tate tells Penny she needs to be happy for their moms and not stress them out and help with the move. Tate is infuriating Penny. And when this happens, she's sure the only way to shut her up. Is to kiss her oh yeah. but penny runs
1: off Ugh. damn it <laughs> two and a half years ago Tate was almost drunk at a party her best friend Remy kept handing her beer then water telling her she could get drunk but you gotta keep hydrated Remy you are wise Tate spotted penny running off upset and followed her into a hay shed mm-hmm Penny had a fight with her boyfriend, Jaden. She's supposed to love him. He's part of her high school fears of her 35-point life plan. (laughs) As Tate tried to calm her down, she accidentally outed herself by talking about breasts in a very interested manner, and Tate admits that she's bi. As they talked, they moved closer. Penny called Tate pretty, and they moved closer still. Tate wasn't sure if she's urging her on or pushing her away. They almost kissed, but they were interrupted by Penny's best friend, Megan. Damn it, Megan!
0: Damn it, Megan! (gasps) Get out of here! Back to now. Anna checks that Penny is okay. Yes, she is. Is Tate okay? Yeah, she is too. Tate will never tell her mom any of her worries. She wants her mom healthy and to have nothing stressing her at this key moment. Tate starts packing their apartment, but needs help from someone organized. And there's only one person who comes to mind with her handful of color-coded sharpies. Penny. (laughs) After a snippy exchange, Penny heads over and brings Megan and Tate accuses her of bringing a chaperone. (laughs) Remy has boxes for Tate, so Penny and Tate head over while Megan stays to pack. Good, because they need to talk.
1: Ooh, it's going to get serious.
0: It is.
1: Well, Tate wants them to have a truce, which Penny agrees to and grabs her bullet journal.
0: And all of her sharpies.
1: All of her sharpies. It's magnificent. I want her stationery. It takes 20 minutes, but they lay everything out. No fighting in front of their mums or Gran. No snitching. No using all the hot water. Cut the forest in the bathroom down a little. They'll share the commute. Your mom, your business. My mom, my business. Work together to empty the apartment and move. Split any extra chores and errands so the moms don't have to do them. No stress for the moms. As far as they're concerned, their lives are perfect. If there's a life or death problem, they go to each other. Don't go to the moms. Tate will teach Penny how to make Anna's brownies. If Penny teaches Tate how to make Marion's lemon cake, and no one mm. talking about Wireka.
0: Hmm. Mm, I just want to eat. Lemon cake. I know. That's I just I mean. want to eat both of those things right now. Oh, I love them both. Meanwhile, Megan and Remy are texting about what they're going to do about Penny and Tate. There is an energy between them. Remy wants to drop it. Megan declares it's not over. And can I just say... There might be energy between Penny and Tate, but there is also energy between Remy and Megan, and it's precious in the background. (laughs) I
1: love Remy and Megan. Working together, Tate and Penny manage to get all of Anna's bedroom furniture moved. At Penny's house, Tate notices there are no pictures of George, Penny's dad, in the downstairs where Lottie's bedroom is, in contrast to the upstairs, which is where Penny's room is. When Penny spots her looking at the photos, she admits her mum tried to burn all the pictures and paintings of her father. Later, over dinner, it's obvious to Tate how Lottie is pushing her daughter out. As they discuss the upcoming surgery and recovery, Penny's lists help them keep organised. Well done, Penny. Penny is able to prove to her mum that she doesn't know anything, and her lists are important, since she doesn't know how much property tax is when it's due. What is needed to heat the house, even? Lottie flees to her art studio. Tate, also concerned about money, will take a job at the brewery her mum works at instead
0: of Penny taking a second job. That night, as Tate is trying to get to sleep, she hears a noise. Penny is sneaking out, following her in Marion's car. Tate takes. (laughs) Why do you have to interrupt with ghosts? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not ghosts it's a there, are no,
1: there are no ghosts in this book <laughs> any book can be improved with the application of ghosts
0: I know <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. that <laughs> night as Tate is trying to get to sleep she hears a noise Penny is sneaking out following her in Marion's car Tate sees Penny take the exit to the lake no way what the hell from the dock tate spots penny in the water in a kayak then suddenly penny flips under the water tate dives in to save her Mm -hmm.
1: penny remembers the day of her dad's death they were rafting and it was a perfect day until it wasn't she doesn't know what caused things to change but she remembers desperately paddling to shore the sound of the crack as her dad hit his head the rope wrapped around her hands and arms, ripping and pulling and popping her joints as she held onto her dad as the water pulled at him. She remembers her dad wasn't scared as he untied himself, releasing himself so he could save her. That entire scene is a lot bigger and so there's a lot more detail and it yeah. is devastating.
0: But God, it's so well written. It's
1: very well written. It's terrifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hated if got, that. If you've chapter. got a, if you've got a fear of the water,
1: it's not Don't. a chapter that you could read.
0: Mm-mm. No, I hated it, but I loved it at the same time. Mm. After this, Penny went to therapy, and it was helpful. She couldn't talk about her day on the river, but she could talk about everything else: her injuries, her recovery, her gran, her mom. When Lottie attended one of the sessions, the worst. Thing happened. Her mom didn't listen to the therapist, exploded at her for wanting to turn Penny into a zombie because she suggested she take medication, and she withdrew Penny from treatment. And then we erupt in flames. Mm. Even without professional help, Penny still tries to practice the techniques she discussed with her therapist, and with Megan's help, she starts going back into the water. The water helps her, it's her outlet. And all of the sharpies.
1: (sighs) Sharpies for days. I can only imagine her post-it note collection.
0: God, I know. It's going to be beautiful. It'll
1: be a dream. As Penny is purposely underwater, something pulls at her waist. On the dock, Penny and Tate look at each other and want to know what the hell the other is doing. Penny explains that Megan has been bringing her out to the river for ages and being in the water again is helping her. Penny calls upon the truce agreement so Tate can't snitch to the moms. Penny admits that she and Megan are planning to buy back her dad's kayaking business from his business partner, using the life insurance she'll get when she turns 18, and Megan's inheritance from her parents. Tate agrees not to say anything. Good. Good, Tate.
0: On the day of the kayak accident, Remy picked Tate up from the pool, not her mom. Tate instantly knew something was wrong. Remy explained a torn-up raft was found, and his mom was leading the search party. Tate was convinced she knew where Penny and her dad would have been—the wishbone. This is not where Remy's mom was looking, so Tate insists that they go. After making their way through the rough forests, Tate and Remy found Penny on the bank, looking destroyed, and her hands were completely ruined. Tate comforted Penny, and they almost kissed as they waited for Remy to get help. That would have been a good time to kiss.
1: To be fair, any of the times they almost kissed would have
0: been good. (laughs) I know, but this one, this one is meaningful and emotional.
1: You are very emotional tonight. You're right.
0: You know, I am. I am. I'm just trying. I'm trying to connect. I'm putting myself in a different headspace. removed. I have removed my own head, which gives me my gore factor that I need. Oh, and I've no, put no. It... It's
1: It's like Return to Oz. Oh, one of the scariest movies ever. Oh, yeah. you're changing your head like, oh, no. The wheelers are going to come around. I'm going to freak out.
0: Yeah. So I'm just trying. I'm trying to experience this book like someone who's not... Like a human being. I was going to say Not Dead Inside... But it's yeah, ridiculous. like a human being is probably also a good thing that I'm doing.
1: I, I don't know how comfortable I am, but okay, you know, I'm, I'm up for experimentation. I never say no to nothing. Well, it's
0: fine. No. Never mind. Just go on. Okay.
1: Back to now. Penny and Tate, both soak through and looking disheveled, find Anna sitting on the sofa waiting for them to get home. And the image in my head of this is like, just, you know, end of the sofa. They come in, she clicks the floor lamp, and they're like, oh, shit. And Anna's like, "Caught." ha, Delightful. Anyhow, Anna asks if they've been skinny dipping. She has a gleam in her eyes and isn't convinced by any reason they give. Tate and Anna have a great relationship filled with trust and communication. It's delightful. It is amazing. But Tate still lies covering for Penny. Anna looks disappointed. Does she know her daughter lied, or is it something else? Now, about other secrets, Anna pulls up her credit card statement and asks about a payment. So Tate has to confess to selling her truck. Oof.
0: That secret was supposed to stay secret for a little bit longer. Penny thinks about the days after the accident. Her mom wasn't there, but her gran was. Penny didn't see her mom until the day of the funeral. Lottie had arranged to bury George, but that is not at all what he wanted to do. He wanted his ashes to be spread on the water. Penny confronted her mom about the arrangements, but Lottie refused to give the river any more of her husband and called Penny crazy. Penny told her mom she wouldn't forgive her if she went through with the burial, but Lottie spat back that it's not her who needs forgiveness. And then, as terrible as that is, we all burst into cheers and squeals of enjoyment because Marion walks up and slaps Lottie. Should have been done earlier, should have been done more often. I
1: agree. Lottie is
0: terrible.
1: Sometimes you got to slap a bitch.
0: Sometimes you got to slap a bitch.
1: The next morning, Tate is leaving early to train at the pool and pack more of her old apartment. Penny is waiting for her and will help her until her shift starts at noon. As Penny is cleaning out the apartment, Anna comes by and checks how Penny is doing. Penny both loves Anna and resents her for having the attention she craves from her mother. Worse, Anna asks if Penny and Tate are being safe because queer sex ed isn't great but it's still important oh shit that's not awkward penny texts megan who thinks it's absolutely hilarious and so do we and is shocked penny didn't set the record straight megan texts remy immediately with the gossip She also suggests that they have a fundraiser to help Lottie and Anna in their recovery. And that is absolutely amazing and wonderful and a best, best friend. Yes.
0: Penny, Tate, Lottie, Anna and Marion have reached the hotel in Sacramento. In typical rom-com style, their booking has been messed up and Penny and Tate have to share a bed <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> <laughs> they do not have good hotel history penny helps her grand to her room and they have a heart to heart they acknowledge it's been very difficult because lottie hasn't been there but marion tells penny her dad would be so proud of lottie for doing this penny wonders about that because Lottie and Anna aren't allowed to eat anything before their surgery the next day and are threatening a rom-com marathon, Marion offers to take Penny and Tate out for dinner.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> After saying goodnight to the moms, Tate goes for a swim and back in their room, Penny concentrates on her bullet journal until she decides to stop by the mom's room. Outside, she can overhear them talking about her and Tate and how they're dating. Oh no! <laughs> She needs to stop this But doesn't do anything Because she can't risk her mom Finding out about her going (sighs)
0: kayaking. The next day is surgery day Tate and Anna are playing cards As Lottie's surgery is first Anna tells Tate the story Of how she and Lottie became friends When they were teenagers A group of boys were assaulting women And they came after her On her walk home one night, the boys cornered her. The only thing that saved her from the situation getting worse was Lottie, who was in a tree, waiting for them with a bag full of rocks. (laughs) The ringleader took one to the head and got knocked straight out, so the others scattered. (laughs) Just then, the nurse comes in, alerting them that it's time for Anna's surgery. I just imagine... The scene from it where they're standing on opposite sides of the river and they start throwing rocks. You know? That's just what I imagine. It's the Losers Club all over again. And then a clown comes up out of the water. And then Amanda's back on track.
1: There we go. <laughs> the wait is long until the surgeon comes in with news that Lottie is out of surgery and in the ICU recovering. Anna will be in for a lot longer. It's after midnight when the surgeon delivers the good news Stoic Tate acknowledges it and walks away back to the hotel and the pool which is where Penny finds her Penny realises Tate is having a flood of emotion and gets in the pool with her to help her They almost kiss but then the security guard kicks them out Ah!
0: Security guard! Damn you! Damn you rules! Later, Tate sees Penny in their bed, but she's not asleep. She's faking it. Soon, they get a text from Marion that confirms all is okay at the hospital. In the group chat, Tate and Marion see that Penny has found out a creepy level of detail about the nurses. At the hospital later, Anna is drugged up and Tate thinks her mom is looking better already. Her room is festooned with gifts from well-wishers, from flowers and mini trees, to a giant leg of ham. (laughs) Excellent get well present.
1: Congratulations on your new liver. Have a giant leg of ham.
0: Here's your ham. (laughs) Oh, in another recovery room, between drug-induced naps, Lottie keeps asking for Anna. After their visit, Tate and Penny head home while Marion stays in Sacramento to look after Anna and Lottie. Instead of heading to the house, though, they go to the apartment to continue packing. Megan and Remy are heading over to help when they tell Tate and Penny about the fundraiser they're organizing to help their moms, and it's precious.
1: At the pool, Penny's ex, Laurel, is there with others of the swim team. She never comes to the pool in the morning, which is why Tate goes then. The team is happy that Tate's mom is doing well, but Laurel is her usual bitchy side. <sighs> a, bitch. a couple of days later, the last day they have the apartment, Penny tells Tate about her business plan. She wants to expand the kayak business to the whole river, three weeks to San Francisco. As they work, they take the trash out, and the creepy asshole landlord Ronnie keeps
0: watching them. He is a creep of a first order. Uh, I know. I feel like he's just got like a tank top on, and his belly's hanging out, and he puts his finger in his belly button.
1: Oh, the, and there's definite fluff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, there's yeah. massive amounts of shoulder hair. Yeah, it's disgusting.
0: Yeah. His tank top's very dirty as well. Oh, And he's stinks. got a bad comb over.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, and he's it's gross. spotty and. Yeah. Yeah, mm. when he starts to try try something with Tate, what? Penny comes in with the power of perkiness and organisation and puts him in his place. You know what? Screw that jerk.
0: Screw that jerk, but not literally? Oh god, no.
2: What?
0: He's in the trash he does i just imagine penny coming because she's got her her power of perkiness and organization and so she just like flares out her sharpies <laughs> These are her she weapons she uses like
1: post-it notes like um Remedy like throwing Warren. stars i was thinking more um x-men Remedy oh
0: Warren. yeah uh-huh he, she's remember. gambiting She's gambiting, gambiting yes. post-it notes and yes. they just stick and they stick him to the wall and they all say like really offensive things. Yes. I'm there for it. Some of them heart shaped Yeah. Some of them. Are some hearts, star some bubbles. stars maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Different all of colors. This. Yeah. All of this. <laughs> Back in time a little. Tate found out that Lottie stopped Penny from going to therapy, and clearly she would benefit from talking to a professional given everything she has gone through. Tate also found out that after the argument, Lottie sold George's kayak business because she didn't want Penny going back on the water. Marion came in and took charge of the situation, hopefully with another slap, but probably not, because Lottie was was not thinking clearly and she was acting erratically. At her grand's insistence, Penny left, but instead of going to her room, she went to Damnation Peak. Tate received a text from Megan asking for her to get Penny from Damnation Peak, as she thought she was getting drunk after a fight with her mom. Megan would ask Laurel, but Laurel would make the situation worse. Penny had a huge bottle of cheap vodka, which Tate emptied. Tate was able to calm Penny and reassured her that no one could take her dad from her. Especially not her mom. They almost kiss again. But they don't. Um. In the present
1: day, Tate and Penny have fallen into a routine while the moms are recovering in Sacramento. One day after Tate finished her shift at the brewery and Penny picks her up, they find Megan and Remy and a giant 6 foot calf bear in the driveway. <laughs> it's the big prize for the fundraiser. The next day, Penny and Tate cut the giant fallen pine in the meadow behind the house into firewood, trying to save every dollar and cent. As they work, Tate tells Penny her after-high school plan. She wants out of their town. She wants to get a swimming scholarship to get her degree to get
0: a job. It's a good plan. It is. It probably doesn't have 35 steps written in different colors of Sharpie. No, I was going to say it's not detail, but it is a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. Soon enough, it's the day of the fundraiser. Tate FaceTimes her mom to show the setup, and Anna is impressed. Unfortunately, she has to hang up as Lottie and Marion can be heard arguing in the background. Again. The day is going really well. Tate even gets Megan and Remy to confess that they like, like each other. Which gives Megan the opportunity to point out that it's obvious that Tate and Penny love each other and she needs to do something about it. Heck yeah.
1: As Tate and Penny try to negotiate Bury the Bear. (laughs) You've named it. It's...
0: Laurel, Barry. Penny's
1: bitch ex, confronts them and accuses them of being together, saying Anna confirmed it when she called to send flowers. Ha! She was right. All along. Raises cocky eyebrow. Mm. Mm. God, I hate it, Laurel. Tate, however, is so very confused. After Laurel strides off, Penny has to confess that the moms think they're together and she never corrected Anna. Tate is horrified. Penny shouts that it shouldn't come as a surprise when there is a thing between them. They almost kiss, but Tate pulls away and walks off.
0: Damn Damn it, Tate! (sighs) Tate flees to Remy's and doesn't respond to Penny's messages despite her begging and pleading. Eventually, though, Tate sends a photo of the truce agreement with the last edict, don't talk about Wairika, underlined.
1: Five months ago in Wairika, Tate was at a swim meet. She was in her hotel room watching Murder Shirok approve, <laughs> while her roommate snuck out with a bottle of vodka. Just as she was settling down to sleep, someone banged on the room door. It was Penny and she looked a mess. Penny caught Laurel naked with another girl. But before Tate could get any more information, Laurel knocked on the door and demanded to see Penny. Tate told Laurel to walk with her to the parking lot Tate was calm But Laurel, well, I mean she's a bitch She's angry Laurel was talking shit and acting like a hateful bitch Blaming Penny and Tate for her cheating She was convinced they had a thing She couldn't compete with Like, whatever Tate shut Laurel down And went back to her room To find Penny hiding under a blanket Eventually she emerged And Penny's floodgates opened And you called it almost kissed she was convinced she's unlovable and not in a melodramatic way but because Lottie abandoned her in the dark Tate held Penny until she fell asleep and told her she's not hard to love because she loves her Penny wasn't asleep
0: Penny is so good at faking being asleep
1: (laughs) she's a pro
0: The next day, Tate still hasn't come home and doesn't respond to Penny's messages, so she doesn't come on the trip to pick up Lottie from the hospital. Marion is exhausted and pointedly looks at Lottie. Penny realizes how relaxed she's been not having her mother at home the past couple of weeks, but now her anxiety is ratcheting up. The journey is not awkward at all. It's fine. Mm. No, it's painful and awful and everything about it is terrible.
1: Yeah. When Penny and Lottie get home, Tate is there and she refuses to talk to Penny about their fight. Luckily, Lottie's demands for Penny to fetch her sketchbook from the studio help Tate dodge the conversation. In the studio, Penny finds the glasswork her mum has been working on to sell. Abstract works of the accident and her dad's death. Uh. She's made art out of Penny's trauma.
0: Oh.
1: When Tit sees them, she looks at the pieces in horror and correctly says, this is fucked up.
0: Ugh. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. No. Penny goes into the house and confronts her mom, but Lottie is confused by Penny's anger. Tate, behind Penny, supports her, telling Lottie that this artwork is seriously fucked. Penny realizes that her mom is wounded by what-ifs, too, but her mom never asked what happened and never talked to her about how her dad did everything he could to save her. And, like, his literal last words were about loving her mom. But she didn't even ask, because she's a bitch. Yeah. Penny's dad let go of her hand in the river to save her life. Penny's mom let go of her to let her drown alone in the trauma. Because she's a bitch. This is where she needs another slap. She needs more than
1: a slap. She really does. Penny walks out, but Tate can't follow, leaving Lottie alone, so she recruits Megan. Penny heads to Damnation Peak and starts thinking about how her gran put her first after the accident, loved her and helped her heal and kept her alive when it was becoming too much, even while battling her own grief for the loss of her son. Eventually, Tate pulls up. She's brought her own bullet point plan to help Penny. One call Marion. 2. Get Penny's ex-therapist's number. 3. Issue ultimatum to Lottie. And 4. Make emergency appointment with the therapist. Tate admits she can't help her with her mum, who is being dumb, selfish, and is lost in a grief pit, but she can help her get professional help and make Lottie deal with it. Before Tate leaves, she calls Marion, who will make Lottie give up her studio if she doesn't let Penny get professional help. After all... The house and the garage are Marion's. She can do whatever the hell she wants with them. Penny makes the calls and is soon in her first session back with her therapist. It's all word and emotion vomit as she tells the therapist everything. Well, not everything. Nothing about Tate. But you know what? She's getting exactly what she needs.
0: Thank goodness.
1: Which is Thank a blessing.
0: goodness. A few days later, Anna and Marion are expected home any minute. Tate heads out to the studio to bring Lottie inside and finds Penny's mom standing in front of the glass pieces showing her interpretation of the accident. Lottie is meant to be packing them up for the auction house, but instead she flings her water bottle and smashes the middle piece. Marion and Anna find Tate holding a crying Lottie, surrounded by broken glass. Lottie finally realises that she fucked up.
1: Thank goodness. Over dinner, Penny and Lottie talk a little. Though Penny realises that going apart might be the healthier option for her and her mom. she at least still has her. Penny tells Lottie she needs to get help, and though at the moment that doesn't seem likely... Penny Hooks one day in the future, her mom will.
0: I don't see it happening. No, I don't either. Tate and Penny need to deliver Barry the Bear to the raffle winner. The six foot Bear Hemoth tree carving is strapped in the truck bed, but it is an ordeal, and they get lost. And they hit a ditch, twisting the axle. (sighs) Shit. Resigned that they have no phone signal, they can't fix the axle, and it's getting dark, they check the truck for supplies. Thankfully, it's Marion's truck, and she is always prepared, so it has all the necessities they need to get comfortable, knowing that help is not possible until the morning. After a few rounds of cards... Penny wants to talk.
1: Again, Penny apologises for the lies and mistakes and being so dependent on her. When Penny raises the topic of Waite Rika, Tate refuses, but then Penny tells her she heard Tate in the hotel room. Mm -hmm. She wasn't sleeping. Obviously, they start arguing, but squabbling about Greek mythology in the Titanic doesn't stop them from closing the space between them. And there is nothing and no one to stop them from kissing this time. Well, <laughs> bury the Bear and the car sliding down the bank tries to, <laughs> but they ignore
0: it. Just ignore it. And they kiss. Just ignore it. And they kiss. Far and away. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Finally, Penny and Tate renegotiate their truce agreement. They don't tell the moms their real anniversary date, because that is easier than explaining every single thing that has happened between them. They will have each other's backs. They will love each other. It might be hard sometimes, but they'll be happy most of the time.
1: Oh, Aww, mm-hmm. Aww that's so sweet. And poor <sighs> Barry the bear lost in a ditch?
0: Oh, poor Barry. R.I.P.
1: Barry the bear.
0: <sighs> I mean...
1: It's an unresolved story thread as far as I'm concerned. I'm expecting a novella with his adventures.
0: Yeah, someone getting him like out of the ditch and carrying him around. I don't know how you
1: would carry around a six-foot carved piece of wood, but okay.
0: Yeah, I don't know why it was somehow up to the two teenage girls to move this bear. Like, I'm all I'm all about, you know, strong ladies having their independence, but, you know, you probably need, like, two or three more people to help move this bear.
1: I don't, you know, I, I've got decent upper body strength, but I don't think I could, between me and one other person, carry a six-foot trunk of wood. Mm-mm.
0: No, I would love to see us trying to do that. And then it, like, we both just collapse and I'm just imagining it happening outside of my house and we're carrying this bear and then we collapse and the bear just tumbles down the hill and into the lake. Oh, no. And there he lives forever. There he lives forever, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, everyone imagine that. I really am, well, but I'm
1: also imagining the story going a bit further. But that's not for the show.
0: Okay, because it involves you running out into the lake and peeing, doesn't it? Probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everyone think think about that. We just add, we just spice it up a little bit more. I mean, had Claire... say it
1: wasn't for the show, but you went and threw it in there. That's I did. Fine. I
0: did. Well, we need to give people time to think about it while we have a break. We have a promo for another show And you have to think about Claire Peeing in the woods And I mean peeing in the lake Think about Claire peeing in the lake It's very important Everyone think about Claire peeing in the lake Let me say it again Just in case you haven't picked up on it Think about Claire Peeing in the lake So
1: much peeing out there Just flooding To the point where (laughs) it's 50% pee.
0: So much pee. So much pee. So much pee in there. (sighs) Pee lick. So much pee. So much pee.
1: Have you ever read a book and thought, wow, I would love to see this on the screen? Well, The Adaki Podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Emily Malik, host of the Adopt Podcast, and with a guest every episode, we take a look at books that have never been adapted, why that's so, and how we would go about translating it to a different medium. We talk about any novel, from the serious to the downright silly, as long as it hasn't had an adaptation. So come and take a
2: listen to the Adopt Podcast on wherever you get your podcasts.
0: back. Claire, are you refreshed? Well,
1: I mean, I'm nowhere near your lake, but
0: yeah, okay. <laughs> it's fine. <sighs> it. What are your standout moments? It was an actual, honest to God,
1: positive relationship with a parent. I know! It, it was, was beautiful. Beautiful. It was one of my favourite things about it. The fact that Tate... And Anna had communication and trust. Yes, yes, Tate lies to her. But honestly, you're a teenage girl. Or just a teenager. You're going to keep secrets from your parent. And the thing is, Anna understands and appreciates that. And isn't going to call Tate out for like for doing that. As long no. as it's not harmful. I think Anna would be like, yeah, it's good, it's cool," Because yeah. you know Anna's done stuff.
0: Oh of course. Of course she has. But yeah, it was just it was just so refreshing.
1: And I'm even gonna lump Marion into that as well as a parental figure, having a positive sure. relationship with Penny. And I bet Marion had a wonderful relationship with her son George. So I bet so. That was nice. That was that was probably one of my favourite things.
0: Yeah. And then adding on to that, when Marion slaps Lottie, like that is the best thing ever. Sometimes you gotta slap a bitch. Sometimes you gotta slap a bitch. Mm. And it needed to it needed to happen. Look, I'm not condoning violence, except for the fact that we keep saying sometimes you gotta slap a bitch. But Sometimes you gotta slap a bitch, and she needed to be
1: slapped. She really did. It's like it's like in the movies on TV where somebody's been hysterical and they just get slapped to calm you yeah. down. Yeah, but she needed Lotley needed a physical slap, and then she needs to be slapped with a therapist. Yeah, that I mean, just to sidetrack a little bit, the way that lottie reacted to penny's therapy the way that she was like you're not going on medication you're going to you turn into a zombie no you're not going to the water because you're going to die you know this it was hysterical and manic and it was concerning because i'm thinking you need to be in therapy yourself you need to not only be in grief therapy but you there are other aspects that need to be addressed here that aren't being addressed here And it's causing you a lot of suffering. It's causing the relationship to Penny to suffer. And, you know, it it could even lead down to, like, a horrible, like, a self-harming kind of position, which is, you know, honestly what I was reading from Lottie, the fact it could be seriously detrimental to our physical health as well Mm -hmm. as our mental health. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was like her mania was literally vibrating. The narrative was so, like, intense. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was genuinely concerned for it but I also struggle to have sympathy for Lottie. Yeah. And I just I don't know, again, you know this alternative percep- like perspective as a parent I've had the conversation with my husband to say if it is a life and death situation between me and the child our child comes first every situation. You know, we we've talked the zombie apocalypse plan, you know, where sure. we're going to meet up yeah. kind of thing. We've yeah. had that conversation and the person who needs to be looked after at all instances is the child. And then even thinking about my own life I was raised by a single mum my mum didn't you know my dad died of cancer he had no choice in the matter so I mean it's the same situation as George symbol in the fact that he had no choice if he was going to save his child he needed he had to give up his own life so she raised us but my mum put us first you know and but she did get the the help that she needed yeah. um which I am unbearably grateful for that she did and i just keep thinking it is out there, it's possible to get and it, 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 it i i was getting physically angry at lottie not getting the help that she obviously needs to be able to take care of her family
0: yeah it's it's <sighs> almost like she just gave up and i know that she was creating that artwork because she's an artist mm-hmm. and she was you know Out in the garage in her studio space. And she created this beautiful. Horrible. work Beautiful but horrible work of art. Depicting. Her view of what happened. And I mean that's. Not okay. At Mm. all. The way that she's doing it. But you know she was trying to work through it herself. And art. Art can be therapy. So. At least she was trying to do that. It clearly didn't work. No. But but at least she was trying to do something. And then I kind of I kind of liked that she shattered the piece at the end. Oh, but gorgeous. I also but I also wish that she wouldn't have because If she were a communicative parent and they were have they like she and Penny had a relationship where they could talk to each other. I think that that could have been a beautiful piece for them to have later on down the line. But because they don't talk at all about anything of any import. They didn't need to have it like it it should have been destroyed but. I just I can just imagine that like after you work through this in therapy and you see that that's how her mom was trying to deal with stuff like I think it would have meant a lot to have it. But yeah, but the pieces
1: weren't actually reflective of what happened. Like one of them was the river turning red.
0: Right, I mean it's it's her it's how she sees it. It's how yeah. she was dealing with it. It's how she was coping with it. So it could have been important but it was just a big old clusterfuck instead. It was and if she just had a conversation I mean not even
1: to the point of being the primary caretaker as she should have been to her daughter um, but had that conversation about what had actually happened that Art might have been more reflective of what actually took place and possibly helped the having I mean not being a therapist at all but you know it means that the lines of communication between mother and daughter are open which may help Mm -hmm. may help bond them but also it gives Lottie correct context in the creation of the art and like you say a beautiful thing for them to potentially capture and I understand. I think if Lottie did go to a therapist, the therapist would turn around and say, "Yes, you need to continue to create art, and you need that as your outlet. That mm-hmm. is going to help you work and process." Um, you know, art therapy is huge, and I, I, I fully support Lottie doing that. But she did it wrong. She, she, she created something that was a horror. It was horrific. It was a horror story. Yeah. But it was nowhere accurate what happened. And maybe instead of creating a pick a stained glass of George's death, it might have been a stained glass of her daughter's her daughter being saved. Yeah.
0: That would have that would have been better.
1: And it's adding to the fact that what was getting to penny, was her mother was going to sell this art to somebody and they and were going make to make dis- money money, they were from gonna it make money dis- off of yeah and oh. display her father's death yeah for people to gawk at, so no. penny's reaction for me 100 percent understandable and i'm glad that tate turned around and just said yeah it's fucked up
0: yeah because it-, it is Especially because she was going to sell it. Yeah. Like, going back, if this was just her therapy and this was just how she was coping with it and this stayed in their home and wasn't sold to the highest bidder, then, yeah, that's fantastic. And we can see it and we can appreciate it. But
1: Well, I think this didn't even penny say if it stayed on the sketchbooks, but you didn't. You made it. Yeah. It, that's what it's making it worse. Yeah. And the, she didn't even see her daughter, until the day of the funeral.
0: Yeah, where they buried him in the ground, which is not at all what he wanted. And even, even though he he died on the river, like that was clearly his life. That was his passion. That was everything that he loved. He had a business built around it, and you're gonna put him in the ground, like. no No, she should she should have respected his wishes
1: which again just proves uh, why she needed to be in grief therapy
0: yeah yeah she needed help she still needs help
1: yeah and as you said in the summary I, i don't know if she will
0: no and this is something also that i read in interviews looking for background information that part is specifically left open to interpretation so the reader gets to decide if they think lottie has gotten help and i don't see it happening no i don't see it either
1: the only Mm -hmm. the only way she'll get help is if anna persuades her to because anna is the only person she listens to yeah
0: anna is clearly the only person she cares about yeah and I love that, I love that they're best friends but there's other factors,
1: there's other people involved in this relationship
0: yeah and Anna has such a remarkable relationship with Lottie but also with Tate Mm -hmm. and even Anna's relationship with Penny is better yeah yeah. Lottie needs to learn from her friend just look around at all of the other
1: characters yeah in the book and they're all in some way shape or form are supporting each other the only person who stands out like a black maw is Lottie.
0: yeah but even still she's giving away half of her liver that's tough that's scary that's, that's... big
1: if that's like the only redeeming feature about it that, that character is the I fact know. that she is giving half of her liver to Anna you know if Penny needed half a liver she wouldn't she probably would not Mm-mm. no and I, it, I don't it's not said outright in the text but she's still jealous of her husband's relationship with the with like George and Penny's relationship yeah you know she's from the outset. Penny's being a daddy's girl, which is fine. You know, sure. children have preferences. It's it's natural. You you gravitate to a parent. And they've obviously bonded very well, but she also doesn't see how Penny is like her too. Like, the art side. She doesn't seem to see her bullet journals and her, her craft projects being... her array
0: of sharpies.
1: Her array of sharpies. Her personal art. As being quite similar but a different direction to her own just because it's not stained glass yeah
0: they could have a really really good relationship but they don't don't. and I don't know that they ever will and just the fact that just the fact that Penny had, had gotten to a point where she's like you know what if we drift apart you know shrug that's well, exactly. fine. exactly. You need to... Sometimes the
1: toxic element... It's better to collect the toxic element. And I don't agree with the adage that blood is thicker than water. Nah. I think sometimes the blood is what's poisonous. Yeah. So... <sighs> yeah.
0: Is there anything else that stands out that you want to talk about? I feel like this... We got really deep there for a little bit.
1: Well, let's talk about Megan and Remy for a second. Oh my God, that's so cute. Let's talk about them. I mean, most of the relationship development of them is via text message, which was fun to have that kind of little different storytelling um, tactic used. And (laughs) just like the way that Remy at first, like, you gave Megan my telephone number. Oh my God, I'm going to get flower pictures all the time. (sighs) Oh, and, and then, then actually, he does. He does. And he actually really likes them, <laughs> yeah. but the fact that she most of the time it's a flower picture with her flipping them off.
0: It's just that's love. It is that's love. It is.
1: What makes a flower picture more romantic? The bird. Yeah,
0: I, but I love them both. I love them together, and I love them as the best friends. They're, it's such a it's such a good group. Of, yes. Of friends, and I really appreciate that. And you know how everyone knows how we feel about found family and mm. these friendships that grow into something more and they they are more important, they mean more. That's one of our favorite things. Yes. So I appreciate that that relationship is happening in the background. It I'm was so really well cute. done. And I love, I loved that they... It, that it was a like a text relationship. I love that their chapters are mostly texts. And I really enjoyed that part of the audiobook as well. Because, you know, there's like little instant messaging sounds and stuff. I thought it I thought that was done. That was done well. Yes.
1: I like it when they like, say ellipses, ellipses, ellipses. Yes.
0: <gasps> Penny is typing. Penny is typing. Penny is typing. Oh it's Penny so relatable. Typing. It's
1: like just just press yeah. send. Just do one <laughs> <Start> sentence. sentence. <sighs> no i think it's it was great the fact that they took the fundraiser like they organized the fundraiser unprompted you know just to help out and i I, I really appreciated that i thought it was very sweet uh
0: something else that i really enjoyed that we didn't talk about in the summary was the brewery um (laughs) that Anna, like I can only imagine that she's like the owner of this brewery, or she's like the head chef, or something. I th- she's I think very, very. Really she's the head chef. She's very important at this brewery, and the whole time she's in the hospital and away in Sacramento, she's texting Tate and Penny to find out what is going on with this pretzel guy who's making the pretzels like she, he's ruining my pretzels he is ruining my pretzels can you please video him making the dough because i need to understand what he's doing wrong
1: and this isn't this even hours after the surgery and she's hopped up on drugs she's still demanding to know yes how these pretzels are made and tears like well just just
0: rest fine they're gonna be fine and when you get back you can make all the pretzels that you want and they'll be delicious and perfect and everyone will be excited when you get back to work because they'll be able to eat your pretzels (laughs) these pretzels were key but at the same time you
1: kind of want to know don't you
0: i know yeah and i really i really wanted to eat a pretzel
1: i've had pretzels with hummus (sighs) for my work lunch and carrot sticks for about yeah. like two weeks I don't not every day because I don't go in the office every day but a like right. couple of times and I just mm, it's delicious especially so it's a soft pretzel when it gets the last bit out of the tub mm, yeah I do like a pretzel the best yeah. pretzel I ever had was a jalapeno cream cheese pretzel oh it
0: was freaking
1: amazing see I I'm still thinking about it
0: I'm a fan of like a cinnamon sugar pretzel oh yes mm, yeah oh oh yeah yeah or like dip in a pretzel in like nacho cheese like cheese dip in a in a pretzel oh, oh that's God. good too that i'm so hungry for a pretzel that's absolutely i know. Amazing.
1: we need to have pretzels you, the, the the, the dis- this horrible dis- wrong disturbing thing in the uk we have pretzels we do you know you get the, like the hard little crispy ones mm. in packets like but you get the soft pretzels and then, oh, there's a bakery near where I work, Pinkley and Bakery, and they make the most delightfully fluffy pretzels. But they're in no way like the majestic uniform shape that you get from yeah. big oh. named. They're yeah. tiny little pretzels, but they're in the sh- They're in the correct shape, but they've just puffed up to this doughy deliciousness, oh. and they're big and thick, and it's just absolutely amazing. Mm. And they do sell which I am determined to have, a salted beef pretzel sandwich. Oh. And I need Mm. to walk... If I don't walk past the bakery on my way to the office, I don't go in because otherwise I will spend a lot of money. (sighs) So I Mm. have to make the effort. So I'm going to get one of those sandwiches one day.
0: Yeah, you need to. You need to and you need to document it. I will. You need to send me videos of how the pretzel was made. (laughs)
1: Well, I couldn't tell you how the pretzel was made, but I, <laughs> I can certainly be you know, me just stuffing this pretzel into my... F- I've never had a bad thing from that bakery. Oh. Yeah, that's also fun. That's I'm also really fun. I'm drooling thinking about it. I'm so hungry for pretzels. I'm so hungry, actually. I apologize <sighs> for my stomach growling throughout the summary. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Anywho. <laughs> oh, pretzels.
0: Oh. Should, should we move on? Who is your favorite character? Stop thinking about pretzels.
1: I don't want her. I want to think about pretzels all the time. Um, my favourite character list is really tiny. I could give, tell you who who I hate the most as well. Yeah. My favourite character I really enjoyed Megan and Remy. Like, I love them. Best friends. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. But Marion because she literally saved Penny's life. Like, literally she put the lockbox on her medication Yeah. She got her through the hospital and through rehabilitation, and she gave her the love and the support that she needed, and her mother didn't. Yeah. So it has to be Marion. Marion was the MVP. But I'm also going to give a massive shout out to Barry the Bear because.
0: Barry the Bear does does need a shout out. (sighs) Um, He's lost a ditch somewhere. (laughs) I agree with you that Marion is the mvp of this book but you know i also really appreciated anna oh yes anna is a badass and she's been going through like cancer treatments and chemotherapy and now she's having a liver transplant like and she still cares about the pretzels (laughs) like she's she's a good mom she care. she clearly loves tate she clear. She clearly loves Penny, and I mean, obviously Lottie too. But I don't know. She's she's badass, and I she really is appreciate her.
1: She's role model material. Her and Marion are role model material, and it's yeah. nice to have that in a book, in a yeah. YA romance, Yes. where usually the parents are horrible.
0: Yeah, just one out of three in this one. <laughs> Terrible. That's, that's good odds. It is good, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what about surprises? Uh, probably the lack of violence. Are you surprised that no one punched Laurel and no one slapped Lottie? More than more than they did, yes
1: um I was I was waiting in the car park scene at uh Wairica. I really really, really wanted Tate to slap a bitch, yeah, but I also really, really, really didn't want Tate to slap a bitch. I thought Laurel was actually gonna go for Tate,
0: yeah, and then Tate would just put her in her place just yeah
1: Tate, Tate slap would a bitch, it. yeah
0: knock Don't her out. do start the
1: fight, but certainly freaking end it. She would definitely finish that fight. Uh-huh. So, I'm, I'm surprised that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but I'm also surprised that Lottie didn't get more than just one slap from Marion in the flashback.
0: Yeah, she needed lots of slaps. Yeah. That, so, was, that was my surprise for sure. That she did not... She didn't get slapped more than once.
1: Even a verbal slap from Anna. Like... Anna can see, especially with them living together, and she's not a dumb person. She'll have seen and understand how withdrawn Lottie is from yeah. Penny, especially after the the accident. And I am actually surprised that Lottie didn't have a conversation with Anna, where Anna, I mean, they did kind of say, you know, have a conversation about the the relationships with the daughters that was overheard by Penny in the hotel but it wasn't to the degree that I thought Anna was going to put Lottie in her place and say you know you haven't been present these past few years, she's gone through a lot and I know you have, but you are the adult and you are the parent and you need to step up your game
0: yeah, you need to get your shit together
1: yeah, and that didn't happen And maybe that's an off screen conversation which is fair enough, but I don't feel like Anna woke up and chose verbal violence one day like she should have (laughs)
0: She really, she definitely should have chosen verbal violence. Yeah, I wouldn't be
1: surprised if... I <laughs> bet ma- in Sacramento, you know when you keep the, the timing with Anna and you can hear Lottie and Marion in the background going at each other, I can only imagine that Marion's hand's just twitching.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's just balled into a fist and she's like... Ugh.
1: And her eye starts twitching as well and... Pfft.
0: Yeah, I need that to happen.
1: It, we are honestly, in- if Penny wasn't in the situation, I think Marion would have kicked Lottie out of her house.
0: Probably so. I really don't like Lottie. No, she's terrible. Is it time?
1: It is time. It is time for Would You Rather. <laughs>
2: pew, 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 pew. I can do <gasps> that
0: there's
1: another Ooh, Pew Pew! There's another <gasps> voice! Who could that be? Who could it be?
0: Yay! Oh, we're so excited to be joined by author and narrator of this audiobook, Tess Sharp. Yay! Thanks for joining Woo. us! Thanks
2: for having me!
0: <sighs> it's the best. This is very exciting. We love it when authors join in, and we love it when authors are narrators too!
2: Yay! Yay! Yes. It's such yes. a fun thing to do. Yeah, I love it so much.
0: All right, Claire, what is our first question?
1: Our first question, right, it's a big one, it's a big one. Would you rather eat green jell or red jell And please note <laughs> it, hurts my British heart to say jell-o. It's jelly.
0: No. Green oh, is and jelly and red jelly. Oh, is that what you guys call it over there? Yes. I didn't
2: realise that. It hurts my that
1: heart, heart every time. jell What is jell-o? Jell-O. Uh, jelly. It's Jelly green jello jelly or red jello jelly <laughs> and resoundedly across facebook instagram twitter and tiktok everybody is having red
2: jelly Jello. i have to admit that i go with the crowd i i am a red jello person too the lime kind of tastes chemically to me like it's a little too fake
0: it all tastes chemically <laughs>
1: That's There's true. Nothing, you, you know the packet says natural flavors? Nah.
0: That's the hooves. <laughs> we suspect that's not true. <laughs> yeah.
1: Categorically think... not true. Round trees is lo- is lying to me.
0: Oh. So we have some pretty good comments, right?
1: Yeah, so this might persuade you on the reason why you have to persuade the, 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 that that particular Uh, flavor. Colin on Facebook said, red to eat, green to wrestle in. I don't make the rules, I just enforce them.
2: (laughs) That's amazing.
0: Bree on Facebook says, red is the color of every best flavor. Cherry, strawberry, watermelon, always red.
1: That's a good point. I think that is an excellent point now that that's been said. Annie on Facebook said, I say green for St. Patrick's Day, although red does have the hashtag vampire book club vibes. (laughs) Himself says green because it's normally citrus flavor, while red is random ass whatever sugary sweet nastiness Jell-O decides on.
2: That's true. I was thinking when I was writing this book, I'm like, is it cherry or is it strawberry? Do I need to like make some Jell-O to see? And then I forgot about it and didn't do my research. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh lydia on it's facebook says you. no jello ever ew uh. which that
2: option c there is no option it can't c. be a texture oh thing God. i can understand if you don't like the texture of it if it was like really gross yeah Ugh.
1: well vincent agrees neither of them he says they're both evil <laughs> <laughs> however emily says
0: i would eat both uh, yeah is that option d that's option d yes i'm confused now uh constance on facebook says red all the way the best flavors hands down oh and lesser on facebook said my mother before she passed told
1: us when we see green jello we will know she is okay my best friend brought green jello to the luncheon after the funeral she didn't know what my mom had said and that is absolutely beautiful
2: Oh my God, that's so touching. My that's, goodness. That's I think precious. That food can really bring memories of loved ones and moments that have passed us really yeah. strongly. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I remember very clearly I, uh, my grandmother made this special salad dressing and she passed, um, passed away when i was 15 and i like tried to duplicate the salad dressing over and over and over again and i couldn't figure it out until i realized like 5 years later that the red wine vinegar that she used the specific brand had a garlic kind and a regular kind and so i finally made the dressing with the garlic red wine vinegar and i swear i sat down on my kitchen floor and i cried because it actually tasted <sighs> oh, the <Wiggins>. oh. <laughs> oh that's wonderful it was was such a moment so that is such a touching story to me oh my goodness
0: i love that
1: a lot of people say like sense memories and smells isn't it but it's all very much in food everything's in food
0: definitely i'm such a
1: foodie so yeah definitely
0: (laughs) okay so look while we're while we're talking about jello okay or jelly claire thank you Um, thank you In our main episode earlier, um, Claire had a bit of something to say about the lemon cake with the jello
2: added to it i didn't use
1: the word abomination but i did think it
0: you
2: thought you will think that until you try it i know i can't i I have the recipe i will send it to you it's my uncle richard's recipe it's (sighs) been in my family for so many years it's just it's something about the jello water it's not actual like you put like you just basically you substitute the cake mix water with jello water basically and it makes it taste so much more if you send me that recipe
1: test i I will make it and that is the only exception i said in the main episode to amanda i would never make it but if you send it to me, I will make it. I will And I will
2: say the glaze on the cake makes it. It's just lemon juice and powdered sugar, but it like hardens beautifully around the Yeah, game. that's what I
1: do. Oh, know. it's so
2: good. <laughs> oh, yeah. sounds I will delicious. send you the recipe, and I will send you a snapshot of, of the recipe card that has her spider, my grandmother's spidery <gasps> handwriting oh. in it. Yeah, oh we gosh. need that. We yeah. need that okay. for
0: sure.
1: We
2: need I that. I will make it. I will bake it. it will yes, be... and you will have to tell me if you like it, and it's totally okay to be honest.
1: <laughs> you see the thing is though I love lemon cake Like, absolutely adore lemon cake so there's a very good chance I'm going to like it anyway I just I can't get my head around the
2: use of if it feels so 70s you know I'm, you see I'm, I'm assuming rim- that that's where it came from because <laughs> yeah. she was she was like she was she was a 1950s housewife and my uncle oh, richard perfect. back then and like she actually ended up divorcing my abusive grandfather and then living with my mom in college and funding her punk rock band my grandmother yes. was a very cool lady yeah. um but yeah it's Totally, like, a lot of her recipes are of that time. And I love collecting vintage cookbooks because they're always so weird, you guys. Yeah, so weird. Are. There's this one called Being Bold with Bananas that just <laughs> has some, like, truly phallic recipes that it's just like, <laughs> no, you guys.
1: I have a Dracula cookbook, which I recently acquired from um, a secondhand shop. And it's, like, it's literally falling apart. But And it's just lots of beetroot to make everything red I had to buy it because Amanda and I are just obsessed with vampires we have the vampire book club and everything and it's just this preciousness of ridiculous recipes
2: inspired by Dracula vintage recipes fascinate me as a food person who worked in the food industry for seven years before she went into writing like it's just it's crazy to see like especially back then because they were so obsessed with like the innovativeness of canned foods so, <laughs> like the Campbell's food um, food book where you're like let's make put put spaghettios in a gelatin mold <laughs> and then eat it cold oh, what on. are you guys thinking have <laughs> Stop you seen
1: Stop it. You m- I- I'm sure I've talked to you about this already you but it's the tomato soup cake
0: yes yes yeah what
1: weird i don't and know I like have it.
2: to wonder like did they actually make this stuff or was it just like you know this like fad cookbook but i think <laughs> that they did make some of this stuff having gone through my grandmother's recipe box yeah. from that time and I'm like wow
1: yeah the the most the, the one thing I always remember and I've definitely told this to Amanda before because I remember the expression you gave me and you're like Claire shut up it's too British and my aunt still to this day does it and any kind of family gathering she makes the buffet and she cooks sausages, regular sausages slits them down top to toe and then pipes in cheesy mashed potato
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it's just it's like
1: signature
0: dish it's just weird and i mean really, i would it, eat it, it
2: sounds it's delicious like it though, looks it's that so, like, yeah. i love that it's so enough. freaking 70s yeah. you just kind of look at it go. It is, what it is so 70s they love to like put things in things they did love to put things in things so.
1: but i swear to god it's the first thing that goes at a family buffet <laughs>
0: I love it. I I'm love sure it. they're delicious. <laughs> That's fabulous.
2: Um, <laughs> have we answered this question? I, I did. I, well, yes. I would definitely. I am uh, with the consensus. I think that I like red better. Though now I'm like curious if red is cherry or strawberry. And now I think I might have to get some Jello and find out.
0: I think
1: I have, have to. both. I have strawberry and I've got raspberry down in like my kitchen, and they both turn a bit of a red. If you you can put vodka and jelly and make it go hard, you just can't use right. a lot. I've done some like the sunset palette before using orange and reds and stuff. Oh, that sounds
2: fun! It takes a long time,
1: days, <laughs> literal days. It does. I know jelly. it takes
2: forever for the gelatin to set.
1: <laughs> and it's it. I mean, is it worth it in the end? We uh, spray cream and sprinkles on top.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's um. That jello was a big thing for me when I was a kid, you know, first diagnosed diabetic, and I had to have all of the sugar free stuff all the time. So that was a, a good dessert because it was still kind of sweet. And we would we would put whipped cream on top because it doesn't have much carbs in it either. So yeah, I, any jello, I don't care. I'll eat all of it. It doesn't matter what color it is.
1: No, I'll eat any. I'm, of I'm, it. I'm, I'm not racist to jelly. And putting
2: fruit in it. Do you ever, do you ever make jello? And put like tin fruit in it. That's how my Grams used to make it. She always yeah. put pineapple at the bottom, yeah, and I don't. Adding that texture would probably kill the texture people too as well. <laughs> but it was super fun. I always loved when she added fruit to it.
1: Yes, I've made jelly with yogurt as well, which Ooh. is a weird. It, it turns it into a. It's not. It's it's kind of moosy, but you know where a mousse is aerated. This is not probably more... Be- I'm going to have to try that.
2: That's, that's really intriguing to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't put the full amount of... You still need water, but you can substitute some of the water with yoghurt, and that's quite interesting. So if you wanted to make like a, sh- a very sugar-free tri- kind of trifle, you you use your sugar-free jelly, and then you use more jello on the top but with yoghurt.
0: And you were offended by putting it in a cake. Yes. <laughs>
2: I should have I specified have... that it's just the the lemon flavored water. You basically just put the the, yeah, the the Jello into like the water that you need for the cake, and then it just magically flavors the cake mix. Cause it is a box cake mix, and the, like I can like feel like everyone who trained me to be a baker, cause I used to be a professional baker, like shrieking in my head right now. No, you're but fine. You're I fine. Love, like, you're I fine. love that cake so much. It's a box cake. You add extra eggs to it, like, mm. and I'm just like, yes, this is my childhood. Yeah.
1: Do you know what? I mean there's a there's a cook cake. in the in the UK called Nigella Lawson. I don't think she's really made it in the in the US. Oh no, I, I love cheese. Nigella. Yeah. Yeah. She says if it's there, you use it. If you can get it from a box, it's fine. Do it. I mean, obviously, she does advocate making a cake. But if it's a box cake, she'll still turn around and go, that's no, fine. And then there'll be salacious videos of midnight eating years,
2: it. Years and years. So like the idea of a box cake, like would horrify everyone that I worked with back in the day. I made then... everything from scratch. It was crazy. <sighs> but it was super fun time
1: oh yes i'm gonna make that cake when you send me that recipe i will i will yeah oh gosh (laughs) i mean at least i'll have cake at the end of the day exactly
0: (laughs) okay next question yes please would you rather competitively swim or kayak whitewater rapids
2: quite a question different
0: levels of danger there
2: What are you gonna I, do? I know
1: what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say competitively swim because the idea of I'm not a strong swimmer. So competitively swimming would be fun. Like actually being, you know, sleek and lean and healthy and knowing how to do breaststroke. Breaststrokes elude me. Um, <laughs> Whitewater rapids just freak me out. I that kind of like being underwater and not it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I
2: will admit that I am a competitive. I was. I was a competitive swimmer. One of the reasons I put it in this book. So I would choose that as well. I have kayaked a few times, but I admit, I admit that like it can be scary because you're kind of trapped in the boat in a way that you're not with rafting. I would totally white water raft when you're like in a group of people in a big raft, but the kayaks, it's just you and it requires so much skill. And I don't have the ab strength to flip myself back if I flipped under.
1: (laughs) No, that is just
0: terrifying. I like be I like kayaking though, I think I'm gonna pick kayaking. I feel like the daredevil of our group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, I'm yeah, I'm definitely be- gonna kayak. If you kayak on the your lakes placid. Yes, I do live on a placid lake. It's fine. Um, and and I will kayak all around it. But I don't know. I like the idea of being in the river too. I mean, we used to float the river uh, when we yeah. lived. Um. In, in Washington, we used to float a river all the time. So, yeah, I think I think that's what I'm going to do. It's going to be fine.
2: I find that interesting that you did that in Washington. I didn't realize that floating was something that um, was, like, out. I, I've seen a lot of it talk about it in, like, Texas and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh,
0: th- we lived um, in, a like, a suburb of Seattle, and there was a river just right, like, in our backyard. So it was very... Calm, though, as yeah. well. So we, we, are- no,
2: I've, I've had such interesting reactions to the water sports in this book because I didn't really let, like clock that rafting and whitewater sports were like unusual. Uh, because I, gr- I grew up on a river my entire life um and like and then i get all these like interview questions like why did you choose this it's you know it's such an interesting sport it's so unusual and i was like is it really but i thought about it and i was like oh yeah not everybody lives near a river <laughs> <laughs> it's not that normalized but like here that's why i was interested to hear about the floating because for some reason we don't have a floating culture here i think it's because our river is too fast mm. but we do have a big white river and boating culture where we're from
1: yeah no oh, the river in my city is just too Polluted. Oh. <laughs> it's huge. It's a massive river, and I don't think there probably is. Um, if you go further upstream, there will be where into the like the Lake District area where it starts. But it's in my city, no. No, <laughs> oh.
2: that's not fair. No. <laughs> mm.
1: Mm. Next question Would you rather your collective noun be an unkindness <laughs> or a murder?
2: Oh, wow. And
1: I'm going to tell Amanda wants both.
0: <laughs> I do. I do want both. I am an unkind murderer,
2: 100%. Um, I would definitely, I'm a murder mystery writer, you know, at my core. So I would have to choose a murder. Though I admit that I love the unkindness of Raven because I loved One Tree Hill growing up. And that's what we just got. <laughs> like calls his book at the end which is like such a literary fiction fuckboy title um <laughs> and that's what lucas scott is so that makes sense um i actually just did a whole re re rewatch of one tree hill and i was like wow this is a crazy show <laughs> yeah yeah hmm. what are you picking
1: I'm going with murder because being an unkindness, I don't. You know, one of the tenets of fictional hangovers, don't be a garbage person. Right, and if I'm unkindness, then I feel like I'm a garbage person. I don't want to be. I'd rather be a murderer.
0: Hmm. Yeah, which doesn't make you a garbage person at all. No, it's justifiable murder. Justifiable murder.
1: You're you're. I (laughs) would homicide Lottie. For example.
2: Right. Right. (laughs) Like no, normally I do kill the terrible parents in my books. Uh... You missed one. I yeah, it did. sounds like I you know, killed much more nuanced than the others. Yeah, it sounds like you killed the good one. Oh god, I did kill the good one in this one. Like, the, I my 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 literary agent jokes that whenever there's a good father in my books, he knows that he's always going to die. Oh, <laughs> you have a tell. I do have a tell. I have some habits. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And he was oh. a good communicator and he cared and
2: remembered every oh, yes. single birthday. Dead. He was a good, he was such a good dad. Like, oh. poor George. I had to kill him. And you put him in the ground. Oh. I know. Oh, what's wrong with you?
1: Injustice after injustice. Justice for talk George. About
2: actual, talk about bad habits, actually. That is actually another recurring thing in my books that actually is in my debut as well. Um, the murder victim gets buried, and the heroine is the is her secret girlfriend, um and she has a big objection to her being buried because she's like Dutch because the the love interest was scared of the dark. So oh. that's something that actually just occurred to me that I have a weird habit about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, because I don't want to be buried myself. <laughs> so what are you doing? Oh, oh. You don't want to be buried. Uh, idea of like being turned into a tree which i guess is kind of like being buried but like do that too yeah i think that that would be really like beneficial kind of way way to give back to the earth after taking so Mm. much from Mm -hmm. it as a human being
1: yeah i kind of like the idea of the uh the body farms i read a book about it; it's very interesting
2: i have a friend who worked at one um she is my go-to person for all body decomposition questions i love that i
1: was i was watching a do you have horrible histories in 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 america there was a series of books written about called horrible histories and it covers the entirety of history and it's all the weird things especially poo oh
2: my gosh i would love that i'm gonna look oh, that up when i'm done with yeah this
1: podcast. terry terry deary horrible histories they are technically oh. children's books but when i was a kid i loved them and now my son's into them but there's a bbc <laughs> tv program on it as well, so if you get if you get BBC in the US, you can nah, the TV. That and it's great. And there was a, a person, I wish I could remember the name, it'll be in my search history, but he donated, he was obsessed with death and he wanted to demystify And He's, he's now in University of London, his skeleton is in a cupboard in University, John Botham I want to say it is, his skeleton's inside the University of London in a, in a booth and it's dressed up in his clothes with a wax head, his wax head <laughs> It's cool. I wanna see it's John Bortham, but I might cool. be wrong. Oh, I'm gonna amazing. have to check my search history. But yeah, I was like, yes. But it's that also a little odd fellows, if you've ever, you know, come across them. It's a little odd fellows.
0: <laughs> All right. Are we on question four? I feel like yes. I feel like we've been talking for so long that we should be like done with Would You Rather already. This is amazing. Ah, uh, this is what happens. We're getting sidetracked. So I know. What, it's, it's perfect. Fine. Is, it's fine. This is every episode of Fictional Hangover. It's fine. <laughs> Would you rather be a professional artist or own a rafting company? Mm.
2: Professional artist. I would say professional artist as well. Like the rafting company, just seems like so much liability, <laughs> like and so much responsibility. Like Ooh. you're literally keeping people alive. Like I think about the rafting trips that I went on when I was a kid, and I'm just like, this must have been stressful for my mother. Me, a child who like ran towards the water whenever I saw <laughs> it. So I like almost drowned like three times before she taught me how to swim. Like and like all of that. Like and I remember on one of our rafting trips, the the raft got punctured and we ended up having to like bail out oh. and we ended up having like to like walk to this the, the, the drop-off point or something so funny <laughs> thank goodness for live jacket
0: <laughs> i guess i'm gonna join you guys i'll be a professional artist too
2: no rafting for us. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'll
0: I'll raft versus competitively swim, but I mean, I'll I will m- make art instead of owning the company.
2: I wish I was more artistic. I am the only one in my family that can't even like draw a straight line. I'm just like terrible stick figures. <laughs>
0: well, but you create, you know, beautiful like works of fiction So no I am I'm
2: really the creative one in in a family of activists so I'm like the weird one who writes her little books and they're off doing things that are actually important no writing books is important too
1: no 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 we'll not have you say that Let's get rid of this last question and then let's dive back into that one. Yeah, we need Would to. Would you rather have a six-foot wood-carved bear statue or a non-destroyed piece of stained glass art? You can just go for one-word answers on this one. <laughs> um,
2: the, bear no. the bear statue, hands down. I love the bear statue.
1: I want the bear statue on my front lot of garden. I want it yeah. just to stare at everybody as they come through the door.
2: Yeah, we love bear. Do you we guys have berry. shadesaw art in England? Yes. UK, do you guys have that? Or is it a weird yeah, beard- yeah american thing no no yeah, you do so okay this
1: then. Yeah, yeah yeah i have many pictures of of, of on my phone
2: <laughs> i was wondering no. i was worried that that was a thing that was going to not translate because i discovered with my first book you guys don't have bounty hunters in the same that we way that we do and I, that was a weird fact, <laughs> fact about the uk that i learned in my first book <laughs> no you we need, don't need have bounty, bounty hunters. hunters no we don't you need them yeah you, no. need, you, need, no, you need them they don't you know, have because... the carceral that we have though that's the thing is like the american prison system is so messed up yeah yeah it should be abolished should
0: be. Yeah, <laughs> i agree
1: you've got a fairly few broken systems in, in america you yeah. know healthcare. Yeah, yeah.
2: <sighs> we could do an entire podcast about that <sighs> we could we definitely
0: could favorite final thought quote that's where Ooh. we are now that's Ooh. where we are now <sighs>
1: I think I'm probably gonna go for the easy, kind of lighter ones because I feel like we've had quite a dark conversation and heavy conversation.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we have.
1: So I wanna just go with a couple. Okay. See, this is why you set up group chats. You find out family betrayals easier. (laughs) Which is when they find out that Marion uses lemon, jello, or jelly if you're from the UK. In her lemon cake, <gasps> you know what?
0: There is nothing wrong with that, and that is delicious.
1: I can, I honestly, honest to God, cannot conceive how you use jelly in a lemon cake. I just I mix just... it
0: up. It it comes powdered first. Yeah, it doesn't. Just mix in the flavorings. It doesn't make sense. Try guys, it it, make... just mix it into the batter. Yeah, it doesn't fine. make sense. You don't make sense you just use lemon zest it is lemony yeah but you know what you know what is also lemony artificial lemon flavoring oh it's just nasty i don't get it i don't get it i I bet it's delicious
1: if someone were to make it for me i would try it but i'm not making it
0: Okay, whenever um, you finally I, like, come to, to visit it. me in my house, I'm making a cake and I'm putting a jello flavouring into it, and I'm not going to tell you about it.
1: Well, no, because you've um, you just told me about it.
0: You're not going to remember.
1: <sighs> I remember sla- being slighted. I'm still holding yeah. a grudge from when I was 11.
0: No. <sighs> you can't hold grudges with like me. An a, like an elephant
1: in here when it comes no. to keeping grudges. No. Anywho. This is an appropriate next quote. Then you're okay. a philistine when it comes to Jello. <laughs> uh, thank you for approving this.
0: <laughs> very good. That was very good. What have you got? <sighs> okay, I only have two, two this time. That's it's interesting. Okay, so first I'm going to go with some girls don't get. Some things. And I definitely fall into the some girl category. I feel like I fall into that category, too. I don't fit in with a lot of girly things sometimes. Oh, no.
1: Girly things are very girly.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then I have one that's moderately serious. But if you don't change something, Penny, it's not going to change. It's true. It is true. It's true. I like that one a lot. Hmm. Alright. If you liked this, try this. What are you going to suggest? Friday I'm In Love
1: by Cameron Gallant. It was released earlier this year in January. It's around about the same time. Um, It's a YA uh, black queer rom-com kind of but there's a lot of lessons learned. And the some from Goodreads. It's too late for a sweet 16, but what if Mahala had a coming-out party? A love letter to romantic comedies, sweet 16 blowouts, black joy and queer pride. Mahala Harris wants. She wants a big sweet 16 like her best friend, Naomi. She wants the super cute new girl, Siobhan, to like her back. She wants a break from worrying about money, snide remarks and white classmates. Pitying looks from church ladies. All of it. Then inspiration strikes. It's too late for a sweet 16. But what if she had a coming out party? A singing, dancing, rainbow cake eating celebration of queerness on her own terms. And if that sentence does not sell you the book, nothing will. (laughs) The idea lights a fire in her. And soon Mahala is scrumping and saving, taking on extra hours at her after school job, trying on dresses and awkwardly flirting with Siobhan and I want to read the awkward flirting. All in preparation for the coming out of her dreams but it's not long before she's buried in a mountain of bills, unfinished schoolwork, and enough drama to make her English lit teacher blush. With all the responsibility on her shoulders, will Mahala's party be over before it's even begun? It's a novel about finding yourself, falling in love, and celebrating what makes you you. And I think it sounds amazing it's about self-love as well as liking other people and (sighs) celebrating you and i just think it sounds amazing
0: it does sound amazing and i want to be at that party oh god yeah it'll be fabulous darling yes it will
1: (laughs) what is your recommendation
0: my recommendation is called she drives me crazy by Kelly Quinlan. And I like that both of our titles are like song titles as well. <laughs> oh, that would have been so perfect if we were out last year for the song. I know. Thing. I know. I know that would have been good. Okay. So, She Drives Me Crazy by Kelly Quinlan. Uh, and this summary is also from Goodreads. After losing spectacularly to her ex-girlfriend in their first game since their breakup, Scotty Zajac gets into a fender bender with the worst possible person, her nemesis, the incredibly beautiful and incredibly mean Irene Abraham. Things only get worse when their nosy, do-gooder moms get involved and the girls are forced to carpool together until Irene's car gets out of the shop. This is like, hashtag tenuous links all over the place. I love it, I love it. It's got the arrows <laughs> pointing down as well. I know this it tenuous, does. Tenuous,
1: tenuous,
0: tenuous. <laughs> their bumpy start only gets bumpier the more time they spend together, but when an opportunity presents itself for Scotty to get back at her toxic ex, tenuous link, tenuous link, and climb her school's social ladder at the same time, she bribes Irene into playing along. Hijinks, heartbreak, and gay fake dating for the ages. That sounds,
1: again, fabulous, darling.
0: Yes, it does sound fabulous. (sighs) And they're both song titles. That was just precious of us. That was accidentally precious of us. I, I
1: I love it when that happens. Which which which? <laughs>
0: <laughs> do we have any spotlight recommendations this week? Yes, we do. Um, this one is not out yet. We actually just got this one in an email, just like a couple of days ago. It's perfect timing. Um, This one is called The Gossip Games by Allie Sarah. And this one comes out April 18th. So you have time to pre-order. You Mm -hmm. can get this one. You know it's coming. And this one would also be a very good fit for our boarding school theme that we have in August. Except for that one probably has more murder than this book will have. Yeah, we've got a lot of
1: plotting and planning yeah, and candlesticks and knives and wrenches. To
0: but it still takes place at a boarding school, so it's still so it is
1: hugely, massively appropriate. If you not yes. want, if you do, if you
0: if you do murder, what's wrong with you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here's the summary. When Dean Ashcroft spots his sister's best friend asleep in the common room of their boarding school, he figures the nice thing to do is to carry her up to bed. The next day, rumors start swirling around them and Dean happily tells everyone that he and Gracie are dating just to see the look on Gracie's face. When Gracie Adams wakes to find herself dating Dean, she's furious. The rumors are ruining her life. There's only one thing for her to do, and that's to turn the tables and take her revenge. Gracie and Dean find themselves embroiled in a war of wits, flirting, and payback that cannot end. Not until one of them admits the truth that they were never dating in the first place. But, while the equally stubborn Gracie and Dean are fighting to outdo one another, they must also fight their rising feelings. Things heat up between the pair, and pride and stubbornness trump detentions and dreadful family reunions. The truth might have to come out, or they risk losing something more important than the game. Each other.
1: Aww. That sounds really nice.
0: It does. And it was very hashtag tenuous link. Well, it might be
1: hashtag tenuous link this week, but if you're waiting until the boarding school theme, then it's right. not tenuous it at will all. It exactly. will be
0: perfect. It will be perfect. Exactly. So everyone should buy this one because it comes out next month. Cool. Okay. That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time. As We Discuss Eclipse by Stephanie Meyer. Oh, it's my favorite one.
1: Ooh, well, it wasn't mine.
0: <laughs> this is going to be frustrating.
1: I told you last time about book club. I know, I know. Okay. Which, so I'm looking forward to rereading it and
0: finding out if it's still the case. It's fine. I love this it. This is a
1: voyage I... of discovery.
0: I can love it enough for both of us and you know I'm sure we'll get some really good juicy discussion in Vampire Book Club which everyone should look forward to joining in on as well. It's the last Tuesday of the month at five fifteen p.m central time so everyone should join us for our discussion. Now this time it's going to be a little weird because the episode doesn't come out until the day after but you know... I bet we'll probably share the video around so everyone can see it with enough time to hear us talk about it and then join in on our discussion. Yeah. Okay.
1: You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no ER. If you like this episode, check out our others, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for her music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.